Welcome to the She Recovers podcast. I'm Taryn Strong, co-founder with my mother Dawn Nickel of She Recovers. She Recovers believes that we are all recovering from something. And here on She Recovers podcast, we examine the healing power of connection and intentional living, as well as what happens in our lives when we put down our past stories and pick up our soul's true purpose. I loved this conversation. In this episode, I had the pleasure of chatting with Jen O, a retired vet, who is also known as GI Yogi in our community, and you'll find out why in our episode. Jen shares her story of how she used substances to help her with social anxiety and social awkwardness, and how that began in high school and then followed her into the military as well. It's a story of belonging, and we are just so grateful and so lucky and so happy to have Jen as a really big key family member in our She Recovers family. All right. Welcome, everybody, to this episode of our She Recovers podcast. I don't know if you can hear me, but I'm grinning really, really big because I'm really excited about this conversation. It's been a long time coming, and it is with one of our beloved women in our community, Jen. Hi, Jen. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Real real happy to be here. So good to have you. Jen has a few different names around the Recovers world. We call her G.I. Yogi, and we also call her our guardian. And the reason for G.I. Yogi is, you're going to hear her story in a moment, she's a veteran, and the reason we call her our guardian is because we have been having online gatherings twice a day. And sometimes more than twice a day, like this past weekend, we had our pajama party. And in these gatherings, Jen has volunteered her time and has been there every single gathering. Now, mind you, she's working as well, but she shows up every gathering to help hold space and to keep an eye on our space to make sure that we don't get Zoom bombed. So, Jen, thank you for that. And you are also, you're our biggest cheerleader. You are our biggest ambassador. You are someone who I know mom and I both reach out to when we have women who are new, who I we know are needing just inspiration and someone who can take them under their wing that's you you're who we reach out to and I have so many women and I actually I'll tell you about her after Um, a woman reached out to me yesterday in the Seattle area and said oh my gosh thank you so much for connecting me with Jen she checks in with me all the time and I couldn't have done this without her so Jen thank you so much for everything that you do for our community and women in recovery oh it's truly truly my honor. Um, yeah, it, it is. It's, uh, it's just, wow. It's what's during this uncertain time. It's really what's keeping me, uh, somewhat stable and definitely plugged into my recovery is, um, the zoom meetings and, uh, reaching out to fellow women in the she recovers community. Absolutely. Yes. 
Yes, we can't do it alone, right? That's our, our latest evolution of our website. On the front page, it says you don't have to recover alone. And we actually updated our website like probably a week or two before this whole crazy pandemic went down. Before it was Connect, Support, Empower. And that's still what we're all about. But we wanted something even more personal. So we changed it to you don't have to recover alone. And then the pandemic has happened. And we've all been socially isolated. But thank goodness for Zoom. We've been able to connect online, which has been so powerful. Do not underestimate. If you're someone who's been thinking, yeah, it's not as good as in person, it still is extremely powerful. And I love like the chat box throughout the gatherings. They're just so supportive. And women are just getting to know each other on an even deeper level because we get to see into everybody's houses, which I love. I love seeing people's living rooms and bedrooms and pajamas. And like, it's it's really quite intimate. So if you've been thinking of joining, please do. And you will have the pleasure of meeting our GI yogi, Jen. So let's dive into some questions, my friend. All right. So what brought you into the recovery realm, the recovery space, the recovery world? Were you struggling with a behavior or relationship or was it a past event or all of these things or was it something else? <laughs> what brought you here? Uh, I, I love this question because it used to be real quick, you know, alcohol. Mm. Um, and then the further I get along this journey of, of recovery, you know, that was alcohol was what got me here. It was a coping mechanism, but um, yeah, I've noticed a whole bunch of other <laughs> so layers underneath um, that I could fall under uh, codependency, just being one um, people pleasing definitely. And yeah, but alcohol is definitely is, and I'm thankful for it. It's it's funny to say, but it's I'm thankful that you know alcohol is what introduced me to this wonderful world of recovery. Yeah, absolutely. And Jen, you are a veteran. Would you be open to talking about what that was like for you, and yeah, just your process with all of that? You're our first female veteran on the podcast, and we're so excited about this. As you know, there's a lot of work with our nonprofit that we're wanting to, and with the help of you, to help women um, in this world. So can you talk a little about your story with that? Definitely. I just, uh, first of all, I just want to say I won't go off on a big tangent, but I'm so excited um, for the foundation and to be able to reach more women veterans. I mean, that's the whole reason why I'm, I'm diving in. You know, I've I've only done one other podcast, and it's completely different. This is not this is not my comfort zone. So, um, <laughs> um, but I'm just if it could help, you know, somebody that's and I haven't I li- um, I listen to podcasts at work a lot, and I've yet to really hear a, a female veteran. Um, share her story in recovery. So uh, my my journey with with the military started. Uh, I was twenty three, almost twenty four when I joined. So I didn't join right out of high school. Um, and I we won't get into. I guess I mean we can go backtrack. So my issues with alcohol definitely started in my teenage years. But um, 
doing some real searching in this journey, I, I noticed that uh, it really elevated my drinking really elevated in the military. Uh, from what I hear, I haven't gone to college, but from what I hear about college life, uh, military life in the barracks, we call it barracks. It's the equivalent like a college dorm. There's a lot of <laughs> partying when you're not working. Uh, play hard, work hard is definitely, definitely, pro it's, it's the military culture. Um, there's actually ceremonies that revolve around <laughs> drinking in the military. So it's definitely, uh, definitely pro real big in the military culture. Um, but looking back now, I noticed that the reason why it really took off for me was uh, social awkwardness. Uh, I just, you know, noticed other people were drinking. So, yeah, I'm going to drink to fit in. And this did start in my teenage years. Uh, and so when people were drinking, I would drink in social situations. But for me, it's just I noticed that I would drink a lot more. Uh, and with a quicker pace. And it was always around just stuffing feelings of uh, feeling inadequate and feeling like I, I, I don't fit in. Um, my job in the military uh, was working in the motor pool. I was a mechanic working on the trucks, Humvees. So I was, you know, really wasn't a whole lot of females in were in my work area. So it was drinking to fit in with the guys. Um, yeah. So that's, yeah, it just really took off. And I, and then looking back, I noticed that's what I did in my teenage years too, was to, to drink, to stuff down those feelings of, of not fitting, feeling like I fit in. I'm from a small town in California. There's 50 people in my graduating class. And so there wasn't any, you know, uh, gay or lesbians that I know of in my small town. And I really hadn't even fully come to terms of with that part of part, of, you know, my sexual orientation back when I was a teenager. So there's just, it's, that's why I love this recovery journey. It's just all this stuff is unfolding for me. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah yeah the layers things are revealing themselves okay yes and then did you enter recovery when you were still in the military is that when your recovery journey began or was it after you had retired okay so <laughs> i entered looking back i entered recovery or i should say i was introduced to recovery um Back in 1990, yeah, 1999. But it was through um, the court system. I had a DUI. Mm. Yeah. So, and part of my, um, it was a deferred prosecution. So, if I did outpatient treatment and attended AA meetings, got my slip signed, <laughs> it would be dropped from my record. Um, mm -hmm. So, Again, looking back at that, that's when I was introduced to AA. 
And I, uh, yeah, I did that program. I did what I was told, but I never really f felt completely comfortable there. I was just doing it to check the boxes off and, and to do, to fit in with the people that I was around. I was around AA people, so I was going to do the AA, AA program, which is not to, to bash that program at all. There's a lot of stuff I, I love about it, and I still, you know, I've, I've done the steps, and it, it has really helped. So, yeah, it has nothing to do with that program. It was me just doing, you know, what I was told I had to do in the court system and then with the people I was surrounding myself with after work. Yeah. Yeah. And that slip signed, which it sounds like you did get that slip signed. Hey. Oh, yeah. The record. Well, there you go. Yeah. Do you think, so, you know, you shared that within the military, there's this drinking and this party culture, almost like college culture, which terrifies me. Up in Canada, um, university and college is very different. I actually didn't attend any post-secondary education. My mom has a PhD. And <laughs> growing up, I remember just watching my mom. She was always in school. And both my sister and I were like, we're not going to do that. So neither of us have any post-secondary education. So I don't have personal experience. But from what I've seen or heard, it's crazy. So to think of that in the military terrifies me. But if you, is there any place for recovery in the military? Are there any resources for women or men, of course, if they're in the military and they're, you know, they're choosing to not use substances, yet there's these ceremonies that actually involve alcohol. Is there any support for people who are trying to navigate that process? Or is that really missing right now? Well, there is, which is, is a good is it's a good thing um <laughs> i got a certificate um going through the the military's version of intensive outpatient program twice i've gone through it <laughs> and and still continued um to drink which is not to bash the program um it's and i've also done um an intensive outpatient on the civilian side too and um, the difference that I saw between the military's intensive outpatient and the civilian out outpatient is um, that I always had, at least for me, I always had had the feeling. Um, once again, you know, I'm going to do what do what I'm told because you know I don't trust the counselors. You know, if I if I slip up, you know, I'm going to get kicked out of the military. So I'm not going to be honest and completely honest and transparent during group because you do have, you know, a, a group uh, counseling session and uh, individual counseling sessions. Um, I'm just going to, you know, say, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not drinking. Everything's fine, you know, and just just, yeah, just like everything's fine and I, I wanted everything to be fine you know I wanted to be like my my um, fellow soldiers you know being able to drink and still the next morning go out and run two to three miles <laughs> oh boy <laughs> oh yeah there, yeah I got some stories <laughs> yeah yeah coming back running two miles and then 
yeah, being sick to my stomach. I won't get gra- graphic. Yeah. Yeah, that was in my younger days, though. That's, yeah. <laughs> but anyways, so, yeah. So, so it's a good thing that they do in the military does have, you know, an intensive outpatient. And they do have um, inpatient, too. Um, right. But there's still always, and I'm going to speak for myself. Um, so there's that, at least for me, I was I was a, able to stay stay sober during a a thirty day program, or if I decided not to, you know, I would I would cut back and not drink that much and, and hide it, and and just you know I don't have a problem. Look, you know, mm-hmm. so yeah, it's been yeah my my journey has been pretty not linear. At all, who oh, has? No one has, and if yeah. they say it has, they're either in very, very deep denial or they're lying. <laughs> Did you feel supported in between the program? So you know, you had been put within the military into a program, and then was there was there support and resources in between, or? Was it just kind of like, okay, you've been through this program, you're good to go, great, get back to work, keep doing what you're doing? Yeah, exactly. Is there any follow-up? Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, totally. Go ahead. How is the um, support within, like, PTSD and and trauma within the military? Do they talk about trauma within the military or PTSD? Is Is that a thing, or is it kind of an elephant in the room and not really talked about? It it's starting to get better. Um, we have what you all what we call uh, TBIs, traumatic brain di- injury too. Mm-hmm. There's a lot a lot of uh, soldiers coming back with that. Thankfully, I never had any type of injury like that. Um, I know for me, and and well, I, I'm just going to step out on a limb, and it's not definitely not just me because the suicide rate is is pretty high in the military. I don't have exact numbers, but it's very high. We go through briefings um, two, three times a year um, for suicide prevention. Um, so it's the stigma of, of you know mental health and addiction in the military. It is getting better. It's trying. It is. They're trying to make the right, you know, steps forward to make improvements. But this is <laughs> this is why I'm so passionate about getting the word out. Um, about she recovers, uh, as I want other military people, women to know that there's there's no shame in 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 getting outside help. Um, I mean, look at what's going on with our medical professionals right now. They're they're seeking help during this time. Um, it's it's uh, something I've had to work through. You know, a- asking for help. You know, when I'm supposed to be the helper. You know, I'm supposed to be the the defender. You know, uh, so it's yeah, it's getting better in the military, but it's got a long way to go long way to go and that's why I'm so passionate about getting the word out about the other types of help while she recovers I love how you said that you know we're supposed to be the helpers so allowing yourself to receive the help that's really beautiful 
And thank you for the personal work that you've done and the journey that you're on so that you, I mean, since I've even met you, I've seen you really soften and allow yourself to open up to, to receive. It's really beautiful to watch. So Jen, do you recall a specific moment of awakening where you began to face that hard truth or where you began to become aware of a needed shift in your life story? What did that look like and how did it begin to change you? So you had that DUI. Was that the moment of awakening or was it before that or was it after that? Huh. Yeah, that's still something I'm exploring right now. But before I, we started talking, I really prayed to just, you know, universe speak through me. Uh, I just want to be complete, completely honest and transparent and try to, you know, convey what really happened for me as best I can. But it's still happening. <laughs> so it makes oh, yeah. it, it's, it's a little hard. Um, I've, you know, shared in the Zoom calls, you know, how it really my recovery has just been catapulted by these zoom meetings. Um, the connection has just gotten so much better. Um, in the Seattle area, you know, we have our, uh, once a month sharing circle. And then, uh, Ingrid, uh, shout out to Ingrid and her book club. You know, we were doing that once a month too, but it just, uh, and I was getting connected and it was, it was great, but the zoom meetings are just catapulted. So I've, Look, looking back, I guess if I had to put into words, that first DUI started my started my journey into recovery, knowing about recovery, knowing that there was help out there, AA. Um, and then back in two thousand five, I got another DUI. <laughs> um, and got and got plugged back into the program of, of, of AA and it helped a lot. I actually stayed sober for um, eight years. Wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, I stayed sober for eight years, but then I, I stopped um, going to meetings because I was um, in the military and moving around so much and so busy. I just, you know, fell away from the fellowship. Uh, so, and then, I I got married, uh, met my um, my wife in 2008, and stayed sober for th you know a few years. While and our first three years of, of of my marriage, and she knew about me being in recovery. But then I stopped going going to meetings, and life happened. Fell away from the fellowship and then um i just didn't didn't reach out when life started to happen i wasn't you know plugged in and connected so you know and but i always had this 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 feeling whenever i would like wake up after after binging or drinking that th this this can't be what life is all about yeah, you know, there has has to be more. It was like I was in contradiction uh, of my my integrity and my beliefs because I've I was always been a healthy, outdoorsy type of person. 
And I finally just realized, you know, okay, drinking this much is not healthy for me physically. And hello, I emotionally don't feel great after I drink the next day. Anxiety started to happen, moodiness, edginess. So just taking taking a look a look at a look taking a look at that is what um yeah what has brought me back into recovery and it's been wow since 2005 you know it, and like i just came back in uh so this brings us to 2013 back into recovery trying to get sober again and hello podcasts <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> hello refuge recovery hello you know meditation recovery dharma smart recovery and hello she recovers right <laughs> yeah so just knowing that there's something more than you know aa and i, I and I still, every once in a while, I, if I need, you know, community right away, I'll, I'll go to a meeting, you know. I, mm -hmm. Something uh, Mama Donna and I have in, in common is, you know, we, you know, that's what was my start into recovery, you know, was AA. And I'll be forever thankful for that. And I still got, I have one of my old sponsors I'm still in contact with. So that's pretty awesome. That. Yeah. Definitely. A few things I want to touch on quickly that okay really meaningful. You know, you said that when you relapsed or went back out, it's mm -hmm. because you weren't reaching out. You didn't reach out mm -hmm. and you lost touch. And I, mm -hmm. I think that's one of the most common things that I hear from women is I, I didn't reach out. So I just wanted to say to anybody listening, I know in the moment it feels like one of the hardest things and the last thing that you want to do. But if you are struggling with anything, whatever you're in, you're in recovery from, reach out. Somebody, whoever, you know, one of us, anyone, we've got you. And just staying connected in any way that you can is really, really important. And staying w close to yourself and close to your practices, whatever they are, is really, really key. And, you know, you mentioned some things which segues into my next question that I want to know. Uh -oh. um, what does your patchwork of recovery look like? You uh, talked about refuge, she recovers. What else? Like, what do you do? What is your recovery toolbox these days? <laughs> what what don't I do? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and, I, and I've even branded uh, myself a little brand name for uh, recovery toolbox is my recovery rucksack. Yes. So yeah, rucksack is what we uh, in the military put on our back. It's a it's a military backpack. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that. Oh, really? Yeah. No, yeah. I knew I heard the term, but I didn't realize it was a military term. Cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, so it's a military backpack. Perfect. Rucksack. Yeah. Um. And uh, <laughs> this is gonna sound like a total. <laughs> advertisement for she recovers. Um, <laughs> You're not paying her, I swear. Yeah, I know. You, yeah, not paying me. But <laughs> so I throw everything at it. Yoga, and like I shared, I'm, I'm more of an outdoorsy, athletic. You know, I love a spin class. Mm -hmm. You know, because I like to sweat, and I like I like the music. I like music too. 
So, but I've recently got into uh, yoga. Um, I love your yoga. It uh, opens me up every time. I, it was so great to meet you and uh, making connections uh, when you guys came to Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. I finally get, got to meet you and do your yoga in person. I was just, tears were coming. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. And that was like a few days after I lost my, my cat, Leo. Um, he passed away. He was 15 years old. And I was so thankful that I was able to, to go and connect in person to you and Mama Dawn and the other ladies because I hadn't been able to go to a sharing circle because my military stuff would fall on that weekend that they would have the sharing circle in Seattle. So I finally, after that making connections, uh, that making connections tour stop, I retired from the military and was able to get LinkedIn with the sharing circle in Seattle. So, uh, yeah, yoga meditation has been the biggie. Like if there's definite number one, non-negotiable, it's meditation. And it's just been uh, life-saving, life-saving for me. Um, I start my day out with yoga and meditation and keep in mind, I have, I have to be at work at six. So this means yeah. I <laughs> six in the morning. So I get up at four when I have to work and do a, I do your energizing ground <laughs> from your library mm -hmm. and, and being totally honest. Sometimes I will do Tommy Rosen's and yeah, he's not paying me either. <laughs> yeah. I do his uh, 15, um, I think it's like 18 minute morning cool. practice too. So yeah. Um, yoga. Uh, I'm about to get my mountain bike back out. Uh, yeah. Cause the weather is getting nicer. Hiking. I started uh, before this pandemic happened. I was doing um, a hiking uh, meetup with the ladies here in the Seattle area. Uh, shout out to Kathy. She helped me because uh, she was really big into hiking. We hiked Mount Peak and we were got together three or four times with some ladies from the Seattle area. Mm. And then the pandemic happened. Um so, yeah, once again, I'm so thankful for the Zoom meetings because I, I realized why I've kept relapsing was because I wasn't connected. And it's it's hard. It's and it's hard for me to reach out because I've I've had a lot of issues with not feeling, you know, not just that. OK, I'm the helper. You know, I shouldn't ask for help. It's not feeling not feeling like I fit in. Um, and that's another thing that's blowing my mind about this group because I used to think, okay, I got to find a group. I got to find my people. Okay, my people. A female veteran who's a lesbian. <laughs> it's got issues with alcohol. Uh, maybe I need to start my own group then. <laughs> and it just blows my mind that I find my family in a group where women are recovering for everything, grief, codependency, workaholism, from everything, for so many different issues. And I feel so a part of, 
Yeah, you are such a part of, you are stuck with us for life. And <laughs> uh, just so you know, you are definitely stuck with us for life. We're so lucky to have you. Now, you know, you've, you've talked a few times about feeling like you don't, you, you know, you didn't, you don't belong. And I'm wondering, mm. are your stories that you tell yourself different now? Do you still, mm. do you still believe that? Are you still working through that? Are you, like, do you think differently now than you used to when you first started this recovery journey? What stories do you tell yourself that have changed or are they, are they the same? They, they've changed. I like to think they've changed. Um, uh, I mean, first I had to start realizing what stories I was telling myself. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where meditation helped. And it's still, it's helping me realize what, what stories am I telling myself, you know, that I'm not even realizing well, when I stop to do meditation, I can start seeing the stuff that that I'm telling myself that that just just aren't true. Um, so realizing that I have something to contribute, just just being me, I have something to contribute. Um, that's that's. I, I struggle with that every day. Um, being totally transparent, that's, that's kind of why I <laughs> jumped on the opportunity to help out as, as, as guardian of the Zoom meetings. Um, when that incident happened, yeah, I just didn't even think. I started over-talking what was going on. We, when we were Zoom bombed, um, that was just, I didn't even think about it. It happened. But then when I was asked after that to contribute as being a guardian, I jumped on it. Uh, and then now recently I've realized, you know, just because that's not, you don't have to always, that's not your only contribution. No. Jen, you know, being the the guardian, you know, just, just witnessing, just being there, listening to the women share, sharing what's on my heart it is enough, but I, you know, it's hard to stay to realize that. I feel like I gotta always contribute to be, you know, be a part of. So yeah, that's something yeah. new I've realized. But don't get me wrong, I've, I've, I'm totally on fire and want to keep contributing and I'm excited to see where it goes. And it's given me courage. And I shared this, I think, yesterday in the Zoom, Zoom gathering that it's given me uh, the courage to not only do this with you right now, but to see where else I can contribute, you know, um, yeah, I'm a military veteran, so you think, oh no, I I, I got it. I'm brave and don't have any self doubt. Oh, <laughs> got a lot of self doubt in in the recovery in the recovery realm. I'm starting to get courage to think, you know, yeah, I, I could be a recovery coach. I could do, you know, lead lead stuff. And it's just before 
before this this uh, uncertain time, I didn't. I would always just totally shut those thoughts down. Mm-hmm. And I uh, was laid off for a few weeks. You remember, and I got to do some self reflection and think. You know, no, I really want to do that. I really want to contribute and and become a recovery coach. And I can't believe I'm saying this out loud. Um, and contribute like that, mm-hmm. and to, to actually believe that I can do that. You know, I can do. You know, just being in recovery, the the possibilities really are. You know, they're <laughs> they're endless. Oh, it's so true, and it's just making my heart so happy to hear you say these things because, you know. You're, you already are coaching women. Like you are such a beacon and you are such a rock in our community. Like I said at the beginning, women are reaching out to you and you you are their their um their rock right now because you just you just have that natural you just coach naturally. That's just what you do. You're a cheerleader naturally. You're just always reflecting and mirroring and and reminding the women, me included, of our importance when I when we forget of our brilliance when we forget and that's such a gift and you are a natural leader so to hear you say that yeah like you want to lead some stuff when the you know when you have the time to do so whenever you know it's up to you um yeah that's that's entirely what I see for you too. And I know anyone who knows you would agree. So it just makes me so happy. And in my journey in recovery, I found that, you know, once I, you know, once I got honest with myself that I had a problem and got rid of the substances and then, you know, got, got, got some feet under me and got grounded and was truly aligned that's when, yeah, I started to be like, oh, yeah, all these things that I've always wanted or just thought that other people could do but was completely unattainable for me is is a reality. And the only thing that was in between me and what I always wanted to do in this world in terms of service and helping other women, the only thing between me and that was my addiction. And what comes along with the addiction, of course, was the self-doubt and the imposter syndrome. And we need our recovery, whatever we're in recovery from to help us unpack that stuff. Like you said, first we have to become aware that those thoughts even exist, which we need some stillness for a moment, whether that's meditation or however you find some quiet in your mind, we need to become aware of it. And then we need our tools and we need our people to help us um, rewire our brain into knowing that, Anything is possible. It is so true. And that is a question that I have for you. Let's go right to this question now. What dreams have come to you since entering recovery? Yeah, you you sent me the questions and I I looked over them real quick and I was like going to write out the answers, but I didn't want to, I just wanted it to be, you know, organic. Yes. And just what came to me is family. Yeah. I got family, you know, not just blood family. Just I have I found home. I found my home. Wow. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. 
Yeah. What advice would you give your former self or what advice would you give to someone seeking recovery? And then I want to add on to that. What advice would you give to a female um, veteran or a woman in the military seeking recovery? So a few different questions in one. Yeah. So what's the first, the first part of it? Maybe they're all the same answer. The first one is what advice would you give your former self? Oh, my, my former self. Yeah. You, huh. I've heard, heard it said, you know, you're enough. No, Mm -hmm. no, you're more, you're, you're more than enough. You're fine just the way you are. Yeah, you're fine just the way you are. You're going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. And what advice would you give to someone seeking recovery? Don't be afraid to seek, seek support. I can't tell you how many times I kept reaching out. Um, don't stop, you know, sometimes you're not going to get, you know, the help right away. You know, we all have stuff going on. Um, I've had people, you know, not, not be able to, to link up when they said they were, you know, we all got stuff going on. So you, you try, try again. Um, mm-hmm. if anybody's <laughs> been on, <laughs> The she recovers Facebook page. You know, I've, there's many posts on there with me reach, reaching out. Um, that's and I just kept doing it, and I just kept kept trying. Like I said, I, I got that that the hiking got some ladies together for hiking. Just kept I put that on the Facebook, asking if anybody be interested. You know, not being afraid to reach out because that's. You know, at first, that just really did not feel that was out of my comfort zone. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. That, and that goes for veterans, female veterans. And, you know, I link that in with first responders, especially right now. The uncertain time we're going through right now, there's the veterans and first responders really are going to, are going to, going to need us Mm -hmm. so and just so just because you're your helper don't be afraid to ask for help you know we're all human Mm -hmm. and and we're social creatures we you know we need we need each other we need each other amazing that's so beautiful jen so beautiful now you never used to identify as someone who loved yoga and now you <laughs> totally love yoga. Here we go. <laughs> and then now you're starting to love essential oils. So I want to know which essential oil is your favorite. <laughs> yeah. Like you don't know. Lavender. I thought so. Oh, yeah. I'm loving the lavender. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, and I'm excited to talk to you more about getting on board with uh, getting some more of those. Definitely. Anytime. Oh, yeah. Uh, I love the oils. Um, 
I've done away with <laughs> done away with uh, wearing uh, cologne or perfume. I just wear my lavender. Yay. Yeah, we yeah. call it pure fume. They, oh, pure instead of chemicals, pure fume. Yeah, so cheesy, but so great. That's a good one. Amazing. Like Jen, that. any last words, any last thoughts before we we wrap up? This has been so amazing. I'm, I feel so full. But is there anything that you want to add? Anything on your heart? Just um, don't be afraid. To, I, I know this has been said before, but it's so true. Don't be afraid to step out of your comfort zone. Just dive in. Um, I totally... Yeah, of course, uh, I'm human, and I got got a little nervous before this. And I just, what came to mind was this one time where we were in the military, we had to do this, they call it drown proofing, where we were in full uniform, and I had to jump into the pool, you know, boots and all, <laughs> full uniform, jump, jump into the pool off the diving board. And it was pretty high diving board. I'm not a big oh, swimmer. Yeah. And I was just like, <laughs> yeah, so just... Don't be don't be afraid to just dive in and ask for help. The growth really is outside of your comfort zone. It really does come come there, and it just it's community. Community is means means the world. I never. <laughs> I'm an introvert, believe it or not. <laughs> but we're you know we're we're human beings and we we're social creatures and we need each other and just, yeah, don't be afraid to reach out, reach out for help. Yeah. Thank you for the reminder about stepping out of your comfort zone. I know for me, you know, at the beginning of my recovery journey, it was a lot of just, I was like, okay, so I guess this just means for the rest of my life, I'm going to be uncomfortable. So I just have to start getting comfortable being uncomfortable. And that definitely was my reality for for years. And I did just kind of, okay, this is my new normal. Being uncomfortable is my new normal. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. I just kept showing up. And, you know, to this day, yeah, every day I'm doing things out of my comfort zone and pushing myself to do things that, that, I'm only do things. I only push myself, I should say, if it's going to better myself yeah. or, you know, someone else. And I don't mean push in the way of that, like, oh, I need to do, do, do. But I just mean, I've just, um, I've made it a daily practice to get out of my own way if it is going to help me grow or evolve or deepen my healing or help heal my family, you know, or if it's going to help someone else. And then it starts getting easier, right? But then yeah. I find, you know, I it is just, it is, it is kind of a little bit of a part of it, but like they say, you know, the growth happens out of our comfort zone. So totally. it is. It is so true and it does get easier and you just, the rewards, right? I remember when I was in Costa Rica in January and one of the shamans gave this beautiful talk and shared like the universe rewards those who are brave. And that really stuck oh, with wow. me. And it's so true. Like every time I... I put myself out there or, you know, do something, little things, big things, whatever it is. But anytime I do something out of my comfort zone to help heal um, the microcosm or the macrocosm, I find that 
yes, uh, the universe rewards me in ways that I can never imagine, you know, and I mean rewards in all sorts of different ways, like maybe the most beautiful rainbow or the most beautiful sunset or all sorts of different things. But the universe universe rewards those who are brave. So Jen, you're definitely one of the bravest women I know. So thank you for showing up for yourself and your recovery and for the women in our community. And you are more than enough and you belong. And all that we, all we need from you ever is just for you to do you and to be you. That's all. You never have to be a guardian another day if you don't want to be. And you're still stuck with us. It is your energy. It is your bravery. It is your rawness, your realness, and your authenticity. That is why we love you. It is because you are just, you're you. And there's only you, right? Like, you're just, you're just an amazing human being so we just feel so grateful and so lucky and i love you no i'm the lucky one i'm the lucky one and just think how much (laughs) how much more on fire i would be if i've actually got to go to a retreat oh my god i can't wait to go on next year yep so spring it'll be that much better because we all have yeah it'll be that much better that's what i'm telling myself (laughs) i know that helps yeah yeah, I can't. I can't wait. Yeah. I can't wait for that experience. Magical. Awesome. Well, thank you, Jen. I'll see you in about ten minutes for our <laughs> gathering. Pretty much. I love okay. you, Jen. Thanks for listening, everyone. Love you, Jen. Bye. Thank you for listening to the She Recovers podcast. We hope you will share, rate, subscribe, and help us spread the word. You can always find out more about She Recovers our intentions and guiding principles, upcoming events and retreats, recovery coaching, online yoga, and so much more on our website, sherecovers.co. And while you're there, sign up for our newsletter so that we can stay in touch.